This sermon was recorded at the Church of Christ, Wheeler area, located at 1500 South Allen L. Bean Boulevard in Wheeler, Texas. Our regular meeting times are at 10.30 a.m. and 2.30 p.m. each Sunday. Come join us as we seek to worship God in spirit and in truth. In our world today, in our society today, we, we come in contact with a lot of people who we disagree with. We come in contact with a lot of people who they promote things in their lives or they have chosen a lifestyle, a way of life that, that we don't believe that the Bible aligns with. Uh, that could be anything minor to anything really major. Uh, and oftentimes what these, a lot of these people say, uh, spe- specifically if they don't believe in God or they don't believe in uh, religion altogether, Uh, They know a few verses in the Bible, and they love to use these verses against Christians when they can. Uh, Sadly, they don't understand the Bible most of the time, and so uh, it's kind of uh, silly that they try to do this. I want to look at a verse in Matthew chapter 7 today that the world has often got confused, got mixed up, uh, and I believe that snuck into the church some. Uh, This is something we've talked about before, but it's been many years. In Matthew chapter 7, we we read the first verses there, and we'll read them just a minute, about judging. And I believe that the world has begun to use the word judge in in a way that it's defined differently than the way the Bible defines it. And if there's anybody out there who's chosen some lifestyle that, that Christians would disagree with, they'll say, well, Christians aren't supposed to judge. And that seems to be the end of the matter in their minds. Well, Christians can't judge me for what I do. Your, your own Bible even says that. In Matthew chapter 7, it says, Judge not that ye be not judged. For with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. Well, see, it says there plain and simple, Judge not that ye be not judged. Now, when the Bible says this, the Bible means it, right? I certainly agree with this, and we'll look more at the meaning of this as we go further into our study. But on the surface, when we look at a verse like this, we go, well, they're right. It says, don't judge. Oftentimes, people who've chosen a lifestyle of homosexuality or what we're facing a lot today with people who are transgender or Maybe it's just the pregnant lady who wants to smoke a cigarette. I don't know. And she says, hey, you can't judge me. You're not supposed to judge me. Well, the question I have, is that what, is that what this word means? To judge not, this phrase means. Does it mean that we shouldn't call out things that are wrong? Or does it mean that we can call out things that are wrong? We just have to be careful about it. Because that's what's going to be judged against us as well. So what do you think this word judge means? I want to answer that question this afternoon. We're going to look at the word mark here in just a moment that we see in multiple places in the New Testament. Uh, We're going to look at the words that Jesus says. We're going to look at not only the words he says, but at times where Jesus teaches about different topics that that we'll end up relating and, and tying in to this topic. We're going to look at uh, the woman who was caught in adultery. And we're going to look at, at the, uh, I guess, the topic of being hypocritical all this afternoon. 
So let's consider this word mark. Maybe you've seen this word in scriptures before. Maybe you've noticed it uh, here in Romans chapter 16. I didn't use both instances where this verse was used, but let's look at this one here. In Romans 16 verse 17 it says, Now I beseech you, brethren, mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine which ye have learned, and avoid them. And avoid them. It says that we're supposed to mark, or Paul tells here the Romans, to mark people that cause divisions and offenses within the church. What does that word mark mean? That means to take note of them, to to quite literally mark them. Uh, A word that we don't often think about, but an archer will mark his target whenever he's about to shoot at it. And that's marking the target. Now, that's to keep aim on it, to, to look at it. To know what it is. To know what it is that you're aiming at. To understand that target. And that's what this word mark here means. Mark them which cause divisions and offenses contrary to the doctrine. Does that mean to just judge them like the world thinks judge, judgmental people are today? I don't think so. Just, just to keep an idea of where they're at. Of what they're doing when it comes to the church. Let's keep an eye on them. Let's mark them. And avoid them. I think this is what people in the world get confused. The Bible tells us to to watch out. To be careful. And I don't believe there's anything wrong with that. I don't believe there's anything wrong with this teaching here uh, that Paul teaches. Back in Matthew in the 12th chapter, we we read a little bit more uh, in depth about this uh, idea of looking at someone or looking at something and, and being able to tell whether it's good or bad. Here it says, either make the tree good and his fruit good, or else make the tree corrupt and his fruit corrupt. For the tree is known by his fruit. O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man out of the good treasure of the heart bringeth forth good things, and an evil man out of the evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you, every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. So there's a couple things going on here in these four or five verses uh, that are interesting to me. And the first one is very clearly here, as we begin reading it, it says, a tree is known by its fruit. In other words, you can look at somebody and you can see if they do good things or if they do evil things. You can see if they're doing things that are honorable or things that are dishonorable. And that doesn't mean you have to judge somebody. That doesn't mean that you have to think within yourself, oh, they're going to heaven or oh, they're going to hell. That's not our place. That's not for us to do as Christians. But it's important that we look and see people and see their actions and and can make a determination of whether they're doing things that are good or evil. There's a lot of things like this that have taken on new weight since I've become a parent. You go, hey, I'm going to have to start thinking about this. Do I want to send my child over to this person's home or not? Do I want them spending time with these people or not? Do I want them to see this person as an example or not? A tree is known by its fruit. And we're supposed to do that. We're supposed to look out and we're supposed to see people in the world today. And not that we're just supposed to actively go out and say, oh, you're good, you're evil. That's not the point. But we're supposed to be able to do that in order for us as we're around them. 
The next part I find interesting is in verse 36 there at the latter part where we're told that, let's just read the whole thing, but I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof on the day of judgment. On the day of judgment. You see, there's two different levels to this that we can read about. We, we can look at somebody and say that what they're doing is good or what they're doing is bad, and, and we can make that kind of, I guess, quote-unquote, judgment. But we see that, that real, true, final judgment is left for Jesus. That's left for Jesus. That's, that has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with us. And that's both a warning for you and I, and I guess a way of helping us know, look, you, this is not your job. It's not your job to look at the tree and go, hey, they got bad fruit, they're bad people, and they're not going to heaven. That's not our job. That shouldn't be one of our thoughts. But every out of word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. To know that final judgment is in the hands of God. That's not something for us to worry about. So I think it's, it's pretty plain that, that we're able to look at someone and we can see their lifestyle and say whether we agree with it or whether we disagree with it. But let's look at some things that Jesus says and some lessons that Jesus teaches in the chapter before our original text in Matthew chapter 6. Uh, and I don't have these verses on the board, uh, and so we'll go through and we'll read those together. I think you'll find it worth your time if you'll follow along with me. And we're just going to read a few verses. We're not going to read the whole chapter. Uh, we'll pick and choose all the good ones. Jesus teaches about five different, well, he teaches about more than five things if, before you nitpick at me. Jesus teaches about five different things in this chapter that I'm going to illustrate with you here uh, this afternoon. And I want you to think about these five things. Jesus teaches about our alms. He teaches about prayer, about fasting, about treasures of life, and about concerns of life. And on the surface, I suppose it doesn't seem like these things are all that relatable or have all that much to do with each other. But if you think about it, these are all things that we should be doing on a regular basis or things that we, Jesus thinks that we're going to deal with on a regular basis. These, these should be things that, I guess for lack of a better way of putting it, it should be well known to a Christian. We should be well known with alms, with prayer. We should understand fasting. We should understand uh, what the treasures of life really are and what they mean. And Jesus knows that we're going to deal with different concerns of our day-to-day, short-term life. And I make that point because we'll come back to that in just a moment. <clears throat> the next thing I want to notice is the style that Jesus teaches these different things. And I've got a, a table here on the screen and we're going to mark every time Jesus teaches these different topics in a different way. And so there's two different kinds of topics. And we can go back to uh, Adam and Eve to understand these topics if we want to. We're not going to go read that this afternoon. But we know that Adam and Eve were given positive and negative commandments. And any uh, commandment, any law you find in the scriptures today, you could break down into a positive or a negative commandment. And so, in, in the garden, uh, Adam and Eve were told to dress and keep the garden. That's a positive do commandment. They were to do 
that uh, task. They were to dress and keep it. But they were also given, as we all know, a negative commandment. Do not do this. That's what we call a negative commandment. Don't eat uh, of the tree, and that was their negative commandment. I think we'll find that Jesus teaches in this same way in Matthew chapter 6. So let's pick up there in verse number 1 where Jesus begins to teach on the topic of alms. Jesus says, Take heed that you do not your alms before men to be seen of them. Otherwise you have no reward of your Father which is in heaven. So here we see Jesus gives us the negative or the do not version, the do not commandment of alms. Don't do your alms this way. Now in verse number 2, Jesus says, Therefore, when thou doest thine alms, do not sound a trumpet before thee, as the hypocrites do in the synagogues and in the streets, that they may have glory of men. Verily, I say unto you, they have your reward. Verse number 3, But when thou doest thine alms, let not thy left hand know what thy right hand doeth, that thine alms may always be in secret, and thy father which seeth in secret himself shall reward thee openly. Jesus goes on, he teaches the positive or the due version of alms. Don't do your alms uh, to be seen of men, do your alms in secret. Do your alms in secret, not, not as glory for yourself, but in secret. So he gives us a negative and a positive commandment. Now we go on to read about uh, prayer. We're going to pick up in verse number 5 now. Jesus says, And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets that they, sh- they, they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have the reward. We, give the neg- we get the negative do not do commandment for prayer. Now Jesus says in verse 6, But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut the door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And so here we start seeing the positive commandments for prayer. Don't pray this way. Don't pray to be seen of men. Prayer is something between you and God. Go, go into your closet and pray there to God. Now, another, I guess, third element to this is, can we pray in front of other people or do we have to pray in secret? And the point is that Jesus specifically wants us to pray in secret and hide from other people, but this is to avoid us wanting to pray in front of people just for that glory or just so that we can be seen of men. And that's the same thing with alms. Does every alm you have to do, does any time you give something, does it have to be in secret? Otherwise, we'd be trouble, in trouble on Sunday morning when we pass the plate around, right? It doesn't have to be in secret, but the point is, don't do this in front of everybody just to be seen of everybody. And that point will be important later uh, as well. Now, let's skip down to verse number 16, where Jesus begins to talk about fasting. Moreover, when ye fast, be not as the hypocrites of a sad countenance, for they disfigure their faces, that they may appear unto men to fast. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. We get the negative commandment for fasting. Don't, don't fast this way. Verse 17, But thou, when thou fastest, anoint thine head, and wash thy face, that thou appear not unto men to fast, but unto thy Father which is in secret, and thy Father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. And so we start to see some patterns here. Jesus gives us the negative. He gives us the positive way of doing these things. And we see also this third element that it's not that you can't do this in front of somebody else, but it's about uh, the way that you do it. It's not to be seen of other people. It's not about puffing yourself up 
Do these things in humility. Don't pray to be seen of men. Don't do your alms to be seen of men. Don't pretend to fast or fast just to be seen of men to lift yourself up in a prideful way. Don't do, don't do it that way. All right, verse number 19. We start to read about the treasures of life. Jesus says, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. We get the negative commandment. But lay up for yourselves, Jesus says in verse 20, treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. We get the positive commandment this way. Here's how we are supposed to deal with the treasures of life. And then finally in verse 31, Therefore take no thought, saying, What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or wherewithal shall we be clothed? Verse 33 says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness. And so we get the positive and we get the negative commandments on how to do these things. And you may be sitting here going, Zane, why does that matter? Why is that so important that we understand this? Why is it so important that we know what Jesus said a chapter ago about positive and negative commandments, about how we're supposed to be doing this within ourselves? It's not to be seen of men. It's not to puff ourselves up and to build ourselves up. Well, let's look at at the beginning of the next chapter where Jesus begins to talk about uh, judging others. You see, we we break things down into chapters and verses, and here really Jesus continues the same same talk. The the chapters and verses can kind of hinder us every now and then. But as we continue on here where Jesus continues talking, he says, Judge not, that ye be not judged. And then in verse number 3, Jesus says, And why beholdest thou the mote that is in thy brother's eye, and considerest not the beam in thine own eye? Or how wilt thou say to thy brother, Let me pull out the mote out of thine eye, and behold, a beam is in thine own eye. With these first several verses of the chapter, Jesus gives us the negative do not commandment for judging. Don't judge when, don't judge somebody for having a speck in their eye when you've got a beam in your eye. Jesus gives us the negative commandment. Don't do it this way. And if you can guess what Jesus is going to say next in verse number 5. Thou hypocrite, Jesus says, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and then shalt thou see clearly to cast out the mote out of thy brother's eye. Jesus says if you're going to go to somebody and and have something to say to them about a problem they've got in their life, then be willing to pull the beam out of your own eye. Jesus gives us the positive, the do way to judge others. Don't, do, don't judge people this way. Judge people this way. If you're going to judge somebody, if, you're, if you have something to say to somebody, then do that in the positive way. I think another part of this that's really important is is not that we just have the negative and the positive way that Jesus, his teaching style is and that he teaches this, but about what it's supposed to be like in our heart. Just the same as it is with alms, prayer, fasting, the treasures of life, the concerns of life. Don't do this within yourself to say, I'm better than you. Look at that person. He's got a speck in his eye. What is wrong with him? If you're going to do that, do that in humility. Do that to help your brother. Do that as a way to build somebody up or to help them see a problem or a fault in their own self rather than to tear them down. 
But the positive is to do. Do go and pull the beam out of your own eye. And then the Bible says, Jesus says there, you can see clearly. Don't do this to build yourself up and think about how much worse all these other people are. Do this in humility. What Jesus is talking about, and a lot of, a lot of this uh, thought here, is about a couple of things. One of them is, is not condemning, and we've talked about that already. It's not about condemning the person. That's not our job. That's not our place. That shouldn't be our concern. But it's about being a hypocrite. And I think that's pretty plain to see. Jesus says, thou hypocrite, first cast out the beam that's in thine own eye. This is shown very well in John chapter 8. Here where I said we'd, we'd read about the woman who was caught in adultery. Let's read the first 11 verses there as well. Verse number 4. Uh, well, verse number 3. It says, And the scribes and Pharisees brought unto him a woman taken in adultery, and when they had set her in the midst, they say unto him, Master, this woman was taken in adultery in the very act. Now Moses in the law commanded us that such should be stoned, but what sayest thou? This they said, tempting him, that they might have to accuse him. But Jesus stooped down and with his finger wrote on the ground as though he heard them not. So when they continued asking him, he lifted up himself and said to them, He that is without sin among you, let him first cast a stone at her. And, a good, and again he stood down, he stooped down rather, and wrote on the ground. And they which heard it, being convicted by their own conscience, went out one by one, beginning at the eldest, even unto the last. And Jesus was left alone, and the woman standing in the midst. And when Jesus had lifted up himself and saw none but the woman, he said unto her, Woman, where are those thine accusers? Hath no man condemned thee? She said, No man, Lord. And Jesus said unto her, Neither do I condemn thee. Go and sin no more. We see this exact teaching here that we read of in Matthew chapter 7 that's brought out in John chapter 8. Here's this woman, and she's guilty as can be. And there's no question about it. There's no question. She was caught in the act of sin. And we, we do this a lot with people, don't we? On Facebook, in the community, behind their backs. We go, hey, there's this, look at these people. Look at everything they got wrong in their lives. It's just ridiculous. Look, look at the way they're dressing. Look at the way they act. Look at the things they do. Look at the places that they go. And Jesus says, whoever's without sin, let him first cast a stone at her. And one of the most epic lines of all time. And nobody can accuse this woman. Nobody could help but to realize their own sin and their own faults. And I suppose I do at least have to applaud these people that brought this woman, that they could realistically look in at themselves and see their own sin. I think we stand to do a better job at that. I know that I do. Look in, inward at myself and say, you know, it's not like I've got everything figured out perfectly as well. Now what these men were trying to do could be slightly different. Uh, they, they certainly wanted to condemn this woman, didn't they? They weren't seeing the tree that it was producing evil fruit. They were ready to condemn this woman. That's what Jesus is teaching against. Had they just noticed this was a woman who had committed adultery, had committed sin, that would have been one thing. But they wanted to condemn her. And they were being hypocritical 
in that. Well, we've all got sin. We've all got sin. We can look at people and recognize their sin and see that and stay away from that and mark that, as Romans 16 teaches. But to be ready and, and to come at people with pitchforks, especially when we don't know the situation. Romans chapter 2, verse 1 says, Therefore thou art inexcusable, O man, whosoever thou art that judgest. For wherein thou judgest another, thou condemnest thyself. For thou that judgest doest the same things. And thinkest thou this, O man, that judgest them which do such things, and doest the same that thou shalt, that thou shalt escape the judgment of God? We've got to be careful. This is, this is what verse number 5 in Matthew chapter 7 is saying. A hypocrite's not going to escape the judgment of God. And we don't have to be a hypocrite in the literal sense that we think about uh, a lot of times today. And I think that's illustrated where Jesus says, first cast out the beam out of thine own eye, and you'll be able to see clearly to inspect or to remove the, the speck that's in your brother's eye. We don't have to look at things and compare apples to apples. Sin is a lot of different things. A lot of different things. Let me tell you, sometimes it is easy to look at people who maybe have struggles and problems or addictions with sin and go, what is their problem? What do they got going on? Maybe you don't have an addiction. Maybe you don't have some lifelong, incredible battle. But maybe you like to gossip sometimes. Maybe we don't study as often as you should. Or maybe you have some other problems that seem insignificant when in reality sin is sin. And you can be a hypocrite regardless of what sin you're committing. Now as we go back to that third element here, as we begin to wrap things up, I begin to think about the Pharisee here in Luke chapter 18. It says, The Pharisee stood and prayed thus with himself, God, I thank thee that I am not as other men are, extortioners, unjust, adulterers, or even as this publican. And I'm guilty of that. I am as guilty of that as anything. To look at somebody and go, man, I'm just thankful that I don't have to deal with the problems that that guy or gal is dealing with. Well, I'm so thankful that I don't even want to do that, that I have no interest in doing that. If there was ever a more perfect example of the man with a moat in his eye or a beam in his eye, well, look no further than this Pharisee. I'm so thankful I'm not like those people, and I think we do this sometimes. This is where I say it. Yeah, we need to be careful when we when we look at people and, and judging people as the way the Bible says to, we need to be careful with that. we got to be really careful not to puff ourselves up, which was the other lesson Jesus teaches from Matthew chapter 6 on. Be careful as we look within ourselves. Because when we look within ourselves, I, I see sin. I still see sin. And maybe it's not as quote-unquote bad or awful or big of a problem, seemingly. But sin is sin. That's the same problem this Pharisee makes. Ironically, we look at the Pharisee and we go, what's wrong with this guy? What is his problem? We do the same thing he's doing. Finally, here in John chapter 7 and verse number 24, it says, Judge not according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. And this is the challenge for you today as we leave here. 
Not to judge according to the appearance, not to judge according to the surface or to the things that we think we see or to the things that we think we know, but to judge righteous judgment. And that can be a trick sometimes. That can be a trick. We like to look in from the outside, looking in on a situation and say what people need to do or say what people uh, need to start doing in their lives. That's a lot harder when maybe we're in their shoes. So let's not judge according to the appearance, but judge righteous judgment. Judge true judgment. So what does all this mean? A final thought for you on the few, the few things that I took from Matthew chapter 7, those first five or six verses. The first one is that judgment is no place for condemnation. That's the number one thing to think about. This is no time, there's never a situation in which we should feel like we can look at somebody and be condemning towards those people. That's just not our job. We have no place for condemnation. As we read in Matthew chapter 12, there's a day of judgment coming. And real, honest, perfect judgment is coming in that day. We, we cannot exercise perfect judgment in the way that Jesus can. The next is that judgment is no place for hypocrisy. If we're going to look at somebody, maybe we need to consider the beam that's in our own eye. If I'm going to go say something to Jace and talk to him about something that I've seen him done or say or something... I need to really look within myself. That doesn't mean I shouldn't go talk to Jace. But maybe I need to take a good look within before I do that. And finally, and, and maybe most importantly, because it, it's kind of the behind the scenes uh, part of this sermon, is that judgment is a place for good intentions not to lift up oneself. If we're going to judge somebody, let's do that with, with good and honest intentions. We like to pick on people that can't fight back. We like to pick on people with bad problems. We like to pick on people that we see them on Facebook. But judgment is a place for good intentions. Judgment is a place that if you're going to exercise judgment and on somebody, do that with good intentions. Not to lift up oneself like the Pharisee did. It's not to look at somebody and say, man, they've got problems and just to feel better about yourself. But rather maybe to help them or to help you. And finally, be careful because what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 7, it's real. A lot of times, uh, somebody that's not in Christ, somebody uh, that doesn't believe in God, they're going to know this verse, they're going to quote this verse, and they've quoted it, and we've heard it so many times from somebody who lives a ridiculous life that we begin to think, and we just begin to push this verse away and not think about it or let it come to mind or not to really think about what this means. But when Jesus says, judge not that ye be not judged, for with what judgment ye judge, ye shall be judged. And with what measure ye meet, it shall be measured to you again. When Jesus says this, he means it. He means it. So be careful as we go throughout our, our next weeks, our next days, as we look at people. It's very easy to slip into just judging people and being harsh with people right off the bat. Judge righteous judgment. If there's anything the church can help you with this afternoon, be that related or unrelated to the topic we've had at hand this afternoon. Thank you for listening to today's sermon podcast. If you have questions about what you have heard or would like to know more information, please contact us by emailing cfcwheelerarea at gmail.com 
or look us up on Facebook or Instagram and send us a message there.